And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. By the way, you can follow me on the socials. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and also Facebook, all three, at Dan Mandis Show. And uh, the, the left is pushing this 14th Amendment to get rid of Donald Trump. It seems like every single day uh, there is another story about this. And as time goes on, these stories become more frequent and the calls uh, are becoming louder. Now, we, I mentioned this uh, previously in, in one of the earlier segments. I want to complete this segment. The 14th Amendment, what it does is it disqualifies or bans a person from holding federal office if they have taken an oath as an officer of the United States, but then ultimately they engage in an insurrection or rebellion against the same or give an aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So this is what's interesting. You've got the left. It's the 14th Amendment, Section 3. And they're saying that because Donald Trump, this is what they're saying, that since Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection, engaged in a rebellion that uh, or that he gave aid or comfort, apparently, that he should not be allowed to run for the presidency. Now, what's changing is that now states, because it's become clear that they can't do this at the federal level, but now states are looking at removing Donald Trump from their uh, from their ballots. And obviously, if you take the president, uh, the former president off of, you know, ballots, he's not going to win specifically in some of those battleground states. For example, if they take him off the ballot in in Michigan or in Pennsylvania. Then he just simply cannot win. But see, the president, he's not even charged with an insurrection. He the, the charges have nothing to do with what the 14th Amendment does. And so Jonathan Turley, he is, of course, you know who he is. He's a constitutionalist and a professor at George Washington University. And he was on Fox News the other day talking about this notion that the Democrats could remove Donald Trump 
uh, from the ballots based on the 14th Amendment. He says, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Well, you know, quite frankly, I think this is the single most dangerous constitutional theory I've seen pop up in decades. I mean, this is an argument that under the 14th Amendment, uh, Donald Trump can be barred from running again, from ever holding office uh, in the federal government. Uh, because he violated his oath. He supported an insurrection, a rebellion. Yeah, and but again, he's not charged with that. And so I don't know how they could justify this. But, you know, here's the thing in these states, they don't necessarily, and this is what, what angers me, is that they don't need to justify it. They just do it. And by the way, and we, we got into this earlier, it, it also depends on how you describe January 6th. Some call it an insurrection. Others call it vandalism, trespassing, a riot. I call it a protest that got out of hand. But here's the thing. If you go down this road of Section 3 Amendment, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, you go down this road of giving aid or comfort to the enemies, right? Well, go down this road. Because if you support using the 14th Amendment to keep Donald Trump out of office because he supported this insurrection, he didn't. And he gave aid and comfort to the enemies, he didn't. Then what about all the other people who were complicit? For example, Nancy Pelosi refusing the additional security that Donald Trump approved. The failures at the FBI where they knew there was going to be trouble. But they didn't tell the guy in charge of Capitol Police that day that the that they had received all of these various uh, threats. Remember Stephen Sund. Now, Stephen Sund, he was on with Tucker Carlson and he was that guy. He was in charge of the Capitol Police on that fateful day. And he he was on with Tucker Carlson and he talked about. The intelligence failures, if that's what you want to call it. But coming into it, absolutely zero with the intelligence that we know now existed, talking about attacking the Capitol, killing my police officers, attacking members of Congress and killing members of Congress. None of that was included in the intelligence coming up to that you received. Correct. So why wouldn't they give him that intelligence? Why wouldn't the folks in charge? And he just mentioned the various organizations. Why wouldn't they they tell him of these threats? It could seem to me that if Nancy Pelosi refused to to accept the additional security that Donald Trump approved because they were afraid of the optics. Doesn't that in reality give aid and comfort to the enemy? I mean, if you were going to call the January Sixers the enemy, then Nancy Pelosi gave aid to the enemy. By not having appropriate security. You could also go down, again, the road of these various agencies who did not share the intelligence with the guy in charge of Capitol Police, Stephen Sund, who, as I just played you the audio from Tucker Carlson, he says they didn't tell me any of the threats that that had come in, at least not to the magnitude that they should have. So all that he knew, Stephen Sund knew, was that these threats were there, but, but nobody thought to tell the guy in charge of the facility uh, to the extent that these threats were so uh, dangerous. The Capitol building, it almost looks like they kind of wanted some sort of violence. 
That's what it seems like to me, that they, they, they wanted the violence. I call it willful ineptitude. Because remember, remember, if you, if you go down this road, and it may be a rabbit hole for some, but Nancy Pelosi and all of these folks within the intelligence agencies and so forth, they knew that violence was going to happen. Why wouldn't they accept additional security? Why wouldn't they tell the guy in charge? Because they wanted the violence. Because if the violence happened, then they could use this violence to go after Donald Trump, to kick conservatives off of social media, to get Parler off of the Internet as well. And maybe perhaps take over a takedown talk radio. I don't know. But they certainly did politicize what happened on January 6th that played right into their hands. I said this on day one. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You had the FBI, you had DHS, you even had the military who all had this intel, but they never told the Capitol Police. That's an issue. No, no, the intelligence, no coordination, no uh, discussion in advance. Uh, It's almost like they wanted it to be watered down, the intelligence to be watered down for some reason. It it wasn't right, the way the intelligence was handled and the way we we were set up on the Hill. Yeah. They were set up. So, yes, there there's a lot here in this notion that Donald Trump just got up and inspired all of these folks to go to the Capitol and, and do what they did is simply not true. But these defenders of democracy, right, <laughs> the defenders of democracy, put democracy in air quotes, will try and use the 14th Amendment to destroy democracy. And take out the guy that millions of Americans plan on voting for. You see how crazy that is? Do you see how wrong that is? Here's more from Jonathan Turley. But that doesn't mean that it was a rebellion or insurrection. One of the things I've asked is, what exactly was the plan? The military had already supported the transition. 
uh, to the new presidency. Most Republicans had already supported it. The vice president supported it. All the courts supported it. So where was the plan for this rebellion? We have a relatively small number of people who were charged and some convicted of uh, a, cons a, a seditious conspiracy. That crime can be a conspiracy to stop legal proceedings. It's not right. synonymous with a rebellion or insurrection. But there is a there is a relatively small number of people that received that charge. Donald Trump was not one of them. Uh, so this is a this is a considerable reach in my view, and it's dangerous. Uh, it could not come at a worse time for this country. No, uh, let me tell you something, friends. And I don't. It, it is so clear that the the Democrats, the progressives, the media, they don't care about America being divided. They don't care about Americans being united. This is going to be if they continue to go down this road and if they refuse to allow Donald Trump on the ballot at the state level in some of these battleground states, then this will be the absolute most divisive thing that the Democrats would do. And make no mistake, this would be the Democrats coordinating with these local states to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot. And let me tell you something, that would be the most divisive and ununifying thing that the Democrats could ever do. And their partners in the media will clearly stand right by this um, this plot. And again, like to say that they are defending democracy when clearly seems to me what they're going to try to do is destroy democracy. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here. This is Red Eye Radio. Now that the U.S. has requested a dispute settlement panel within the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement to resolve issues with Mexico's policy on biotech products such as genetically modified corn, what might the process itself and its timeline look like? U.S. Trade Representative's Office Chief Agricultural Negotiator Doug McCaleb explains. The process would include actually establishing the panel members or the judges in this case. Once the panel is established, there will be a period where the participants are able to argue and bring their case and evidence to the USMCA panel. We would anticipate this entire process to wrap up in early 2024, certainly by mid-2024. The ambassador also points out. We were also pleased that Canada has decided to join this case as well along with the United States. He also notes this is a unique case in that it is the first USMCA dispute settlement panel addressing a sanitary and phytosanitary trade matter. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. I want to say hello to Billy calling from New Haven, Connecticut, on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Billy, how hey, are you? Good. I have a, first. I have an opinion why I think they realize they have to get Donald Trump off the ballot. But uh, isn't an insurrection? How come no one brought guns? It was supposed to be an insurrection. <laughs> that's a, a good point. Over. You know, what I mean, we didn't have any right or wrong. I mean, that's. We're just going to go in there and take over with words. So that, that's, that's a farce. 
And uh, if you remember, they were bailing out back in the Black Lives Matter days in the Summer of Love. They were bailing out guys who went to prison on the pizza side. Yep. bailing them out so they can go back out and cause more trouble. I mean, it's just so unbelievable when you think about it. But um, my opinion on Trump is, if you remember, there were like five or six states that had a water pipe break or we didn't have enough people, we're going to close down tonight and count the ballots tomorrow. Six, five or six states counted all through the night. Remember, they boarded up the windows, wouldn't let anyone in because yep. they figured Donald Trump was going to do good. They didn't know how many people really voted for him. They in a panic. That's why they had to shut everything down and make millions of ballots just to keep up. So they know that they have so many people that voted for this man and that will do it again. They can't have him on the ballot because they know this time they won't get away with that, uh, you know, shutting down for eight hours and letting no one look at anyone counting the ballots. But well, and what I would say, and I appreciate the call, um, what I would say to all of that, it, without getting into all of the various states and all the weirdness that happened in, you know, Georgia and Michigan and some of these other places. But you are right. I mean, when, when you look at what's going on with uh, former President Donald Trump, you look at the polling and, and, and the higher that Trump goes, that this is part of the what I find so comical about this whole thing is the higher that this goes, as far as his polling goes, the more you you do have people screaming about the 14th Amendment. And again, I appreciate your call very quickly. Let's say hello to Robert. I'm running out of time this morning. Robert in Joplin, Missouri on Red Eye Radio. Robert, how are you, man? Thanks for taking my call, Dan. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, uh, there was a comment about a half hour ago about uh, socialism. I'd like to remind everyone about Hugo Chavez, what happened in Venezuela. First thing they did was take over the petroleum industry. First thing Biden did when he became president, the fake president, he took over the shut down our petroleum industry. And I think that the January 6th one was an intelligence operation conducted by our national intelligence community, such as the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and so on and so forth, and it was suckered. Why was Nancy Pelosi sitting in the Capitol building waiting to punch Donald Trump in the face? <laughs> yes, I, I remember that all too well, and thank you very much for the uh, call. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we had a, a conversation earlier. I don't even know what brought it up. Something about socialism and how the uh, the progressives and the media, they're all sort of working together to – uh, promote and try and try and drive America towards uh, socialism. And I thought that was a good conversation. Very much appreciate the call. I, I'm just going to I just I, I just saw this during the break and I've just got to relate this to you. And and, and forgive me, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But this is the headline. You ready? Kevin Costner's wife, Christine Baumgartner. Somebody cue the violins. She is now going to have to, quote, enter the workforce after her child support was cut in half. So she was looking for she was getting now realize the kids are 16, 14 and 13, three kids. And so there was a a ruling that Costner had to pay one hundred and twenty nine thousand seven hundred and fifty five uh, dollars uh, to his ex-wife or they're they're separated, whatever, uh, in July. 
So basically, she was asking for $130,000 every single month for these three kids from Kevin Costner. Now, the whole point of child support is, you know, you want to keep the family in the current, you know, way that they're living, the lifestyle and so forth. And part of what she said was that a luxurious lifestyle was in the kids' DNA at that point in their lives. Claiming to People magazine that her extravagant lifestyle and the extravagant lifestyle of the children, it is an experience and the family home is a community. And now because they cut the child support, she's going to have to enter the workforce. Do you know how much money she's going to be making every single month, which is going to uh, force her into a um, into back into the workforce? Well, part of what she's doing is she is renting a forty thousand dollar a month rental home in Montecito, California. And so I'm the first guy this I'm reading this and I'm like, well, wait a minute. So. Number one, I happen to know that Montecito is a really, really rich place. Number two, you don't have to rent a place that's $40,000 a month, and now you're being, quote, forced back into the workforce. Come on. I, I don't know who it is that she's trying to trying to kid. And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that Kevin Costner shouldn't pay child support. Of course, he should pay for child support. He should pay for his kids. That is that is any uh, man's or, or woman's obligation is to pay for the children. And if the man has uh, primary custody, then the woman should pay child support. And if the woman has primary custody, then the man should pay child support. I just I do find it funny that, that she is out there trying to make the rounds. This uh, Christine Baumgartner, the ex-wife of Kevin Costner, She's out there trying to, you know, get the violins to play for her as she is now saying that she's going to have to re-enter the workforce or enter the workforce. And um, because she can't possibly afford her $40,000 a month Montecito rental. Good Lord. 866-90-RED-EYES, the phone number 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. Now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number, 86690 Eric and Gary, they return next Sunday night, Monday morning. Looking forward to their return. We've we've covered a lot of topics uh this evening. And one of the topics that, that got a lot of attention, a lot of people responded to it on my social media. By the way, you can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show uh, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram as well. We're talking about um, and COVID is everywhere, right? You, you've noticed that COVID is everywhere. And, and so it, it clearly seems like the media and um, Jill Biden, um, you know, the president's wife has COVID. And uh, so now the president is um, 
you know, out there. He's saying that he's going to wear a mask. I, I want to remind you of one of the uh, campaign promises that Joe Biden campaigned on. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Mm. I'm going to shut down the virus. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm going to shut down the virus. Well, in, in actuality, what Joe Biden did was he shut down a lot of people's careers, including people in the military, by mandating a vaccine. I'll shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I mean, he went he went on for months federal solution saying that he was going to shut down the virus. And so I guess I'm a little confused as to why it is now that, you know, Joe Biden has covid. Because remember, the president said when he was running his campaign promise was that he was going to shut down the virus. Well, well, now we, we have a number of things going on because there is a uh, variant and, um, you know, people are, are now starting to panic again. And you've got people that are saying that, uh, you know, mask mandates are going to come back. And it does look like, you know, there are some entities out there that, that are it, it stupidly, seemingly bringing back mask mandates. And and so when you look at it, and here's just a couple of real quick headlines, um, Maryland Public Elementary School is reinstating COVID mask requirements uh, and demanding that third graders wear N95 masks. And so you're just seeing across uh, across America, they've got some in New York that's going on. And so you're just you're starting to see some of these mask mandates starting to, you know, dot the landscape across America again. And so that, of course, has started a a course, a round of, of, of people. I mean, millions of people that are out there basically saying that they will not comply. Yesterday, we played the audio from Dr. Anthony Fauci. As a matter of fact, he was out there saying, shut up, Anthony. He was out there talking about how he was worried that people were not going to comply with the CDC's recommendations. And, of course, the CDC still, in its infinite wisdom, is recommending masks to prevent COVID, which is crazy because, you know, we've had all of these vaccines. We've had all of these booster shots. Yet we still have, you know, yet another variant out there. And so, you know, the uh, powers that be over there at the CDC and these people with, you know, their love of masks, their worship of masks, you know, they're saying, well, a mask will take care of it. Well, no, it won't. No, it won't. Here's the problem. Here's the deal, folks. People are going to get COVID. You can't prevent it. And, and, and most logical scientists and, and doctors that, that I've been speaking with since this whole thing started and the, and the people that I read and the people that I follow, they have all been saying since really we, we started to come to terms with what COVID was, we all said, you know what? COVID's never going to go away. We're going to have to learn how to live alongside it like we've learned to live alongside the flu. And some of these other, you know, illnesses and virus that go around. And so when when Biden was out there in, in his campaigning, you know, talking about how he, uh, you know, he is going to shut down the virus. 
I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. You know, people were saying you can't do that. You, you can't shut down the virus. It's always going to be there. And it doesn't even matter, quite frankly, how many vaccines you get, how many boosters you get. These kinds of, of viruses and, and frankly, man-made viruses or man-manipulated viruses at that, um, there's always going to be a variant. And so I, I knew, I knew when Biden was running around, you know, talking like that, that he was full of BS. Well, now this from the Daily Mail, because we are getting more cases in and the more cases of uh, COVID that we get in, the more we are able to, you know, sort of root around and study this thing. So this is the headline. Why BA-286 COVID strain is just another scarion. Do you see what they did there? Scarion. Global studies are now finding the variant is actually less contagious and less deadly than previous versions. Well, everybody knows that you went from, you know, COVID to, I mean, Delta, there was Omicron, there was other ones, all the different variants. But really, after Delta, I think, was Omicron, right? And Omicron was one of those that was, and, and people were saying, scientists were saying that this is the one where a whole bunch of people, millions of people across across the country will get their um will get their antibodies you know they'll they'll get it and then they'll have that natural immunity to it well this apparently is is less uh, lethal than even omicron so i'm just going to kind of read a little bit of this to you i'm not going to read the whole article but they say that early results from lab tests suggest warnings over this ba286 may be overblown You don't say that's so unlike the media in the science community to overblow something to try to scare the living crap out of you. And all of a sudden, we've got third graders in Maryland wearing masks. I mean, if I don't laugh, I'm going to just, you know, explode. Because I know and you know what that mask wearing does to kids. Scientists are now finding no sign it was more likely to cause infection or severe disease. Body of the story, BA-286 was uh, feared to have mutated to infect vaccinated and recently infected people with ease, prompting warnings from U.S. and global health agencies. Those fears, they say, spooked several colleges and businesses into bringing back mask mandates while health officials in New York encourage people to utilize face coverings over Labor Day weekend. But early results from lab tests carried out in the U.S., Sweden and China suggest that those warnings may have been overblown. And that this variant may actually be another scariant and not the second coming of Omicron. The test found that antibodies from vaccinated people and those who had recovered from an infection within the last six months were just as effective against a BA-286, enabling them to stop infection as they were with other variants. I mean, I, I know some people that got this version of um, of COVID. And, you know, most people, I, I think, what, four or five people that I've known, 
they've all said, oh, I've been much worse than this with either previous bouts with COVID or with, you know, like regulation flu and that kind of a thing. So, you know, I feel like we we keep well, I don't, but I I feel like there's a lot of folks out there who fall prey to, you know, the um, the hyperbolic reporting of the media when these kinds of things happen, because they're right. The Daily Mail is absolutely right to, you know, utilize the term scariant, because what they're trying to do is scare the living crap out of people to make them obedient, quite frankly. I mean, you've got, you know, Biden out there saying that he's going to wear a mask. And best part of that whole story, we were talking about this earlier. Best part of the story is Joe Biden saying that he was going to wear a mask because his wife, Jill, has uh, COVID. Well, then what does he do? He goes into this um, this event where he's giving the Medal of Honor to a really old Vietnam veteran who did incredible things during the war. And so he he gave that person the Medal of Honor. And and Joe, you know, if you see the video of this, maybe I'll tweet it at Dan Manda show. So Joe, he's right in his element because he's got to get really close to this guy. And everybody in that event who is watching Joe attempt to put this this Medal of Honor around the uh, neck of this really old Vietnam veteran. Everybody's thinking the same thing, uh, Joe. Number one, you came in wearing a mask. You're not wearing a mask now. That's number one. And number two, you're, you're getting awfully close there, buddy. And so now, again, everybody in that room had to be thinking the same thing, which is, well, let's see how long... You know, before that guy gets COVID, if ultimately Joe uh, Biden gets COVID. And and I don't want, you know, the, the president, I don't want him to get COVID. I don't have some some sick, twisted, you know, weird whatever about, you know, wanting people like the president to get COVID, even though they were, you know, mandating vaccines and masks and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I don't want anyone to get COVID. But unfortunately, we are going to get COVID and we're going to we're going to be living alongside COVID for years. Because there's always going to be, you know, different strains. Now, hopefully at some point it goes away. But right now what we're seeing is this uh, new variant, BA286. It's weaker than previous ones. And that, that's part of the deal is that oftentimes these, these strains from the, you know, the main virus, they are actually weaker than the previous strains. So there's no, at least for me, there's no reason to panic. I I don't believe, listen, you want to go wear a mask, knock yourself out, wear a mask. Uh, But it just, it doesn't seem like it's necessary for this particular variant or quite frankly, any uh, variant. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. By the way, if you missed any part of the show, uh, you can always check out um, past segments. 
in their entirety, RedEyeRadioShow.com. My name is Dan Mandis. I've been filling in for Gary and Eric this week, and I'm here the rest of this week as well. The gents return Sunday night, Monday morning. By the way, earlier we were talking about this ridiculous notion that um, Donald Trump is going to be able to they're going to be able to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot in various states uh, by invoking the 14th Amendment. This is from Red State. Uh, The Supreme Court is going to take up the first 14th Amendment challenge to Donald Trump's candidacy. This uh, came out actually last night. The U.S. Supreme Court is poised to take up the poised to take up the issue of whether the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution bars former President Donald Trump from running for president in 2024. The case originates with alleged GOP write-in candidate John Anthony Castro of Texas. So far, he has filed lawsuits challenging Trump's eligibility for office in eight states. Wyoming, Utah, Oklahoma, North Carolina, West Virginia, Montana, Kansas, and uh, Idaho. A lawsuit by Castro in Florida is already been dismissed. And so that's going to be the big question, of course, is, you know, I I seriously doubt that this very conservative Supreme Court will say that, uh, you know, Donald Trump does not belong on the ballot. They say, again, this is red state. They say that Castro's lawsuit is indeed a long shot. The bar that he has to cross is to prove that he is personally injured by Donald Trump's candidacy. Well, let's be honest. I mean, if you want to look at the behavior of the Democrats, now this guy's a Republican, but if you want to look at the behavior of the Democrats when it comes to uh, Donald Trump's candidacy, they do act like they are personally injured uh, by his candidacy. They, they continue to act like they were personally injured by his presidency. Even though, quite frankly, I I believe that Trump supporters and people who, uh, you know, voted for Donald Trump, we could more legit say that we were personally injured by what the left did to Donald Trump during his uh, four years in office. I mean, they impeached him twice, uh, twice, and he was always under investigation. So at least for me, I mean, if you we want to go down the road of, you know, which side was more personally injured During Donald Trump's presidency, clearly, at least it seems to me, clearly it would be the side of Republicans and conservatives. Uh, We were seriously injured because our president that we voted for and that he he legit won. He was hamstring during the entire four years in office, thanks to the Democrats. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. 
Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.